Mike and I've got Matt with me today. And we've got a pretty exciting podcast, I think. We're going to talk about the uh, Hawks beat the Avs. They lose to the Kraken, though. Uh, we're going to talk about some things that we've been hearing around the NHL about some top free agent, not free agent targets, uh, top trade deadline targets. And uh, let's get it started, man. Hawks, they beat the Avs. I was really surprised. I thought that they played a really great game. Getting into the final period there, I was kind of worried that they were going to kind of let it go. And for a second there, um, the Avs tied it up, but um, the goal got overturned because of goalie interference. So the Hawks won three to two. Matt, what did you uh, do? You have a takeaway from that Avs game? Uh, it's just one of those games where, like, maybe the Avs overlooked the Hawks being like, hey, this is going to be an easy win. And the Hawks actually played really well. I think uh, Anthony Siu had a really nice coast to coast goal yeah. through everybody. That was really surprising. But uh, you got to give an assist to uh, Richardson for uh, taking that um, review and risking a penalty, too. Yeah. And they, he ended up being right. They they bumped the goalie and, and it ended up getting taken away. And, Ended up getting a win. I thought that they played well, man. I didn't see, you know, really too much. Um, you know, normally they're playing bad hockey, you know, but yeah. they actually played, I would probably say, up to their to their talent level. And uh, they did it without Patrick Kane. I, th- I thought it was a, a good all-around effort, and I thought that, you know, we're on a three-game winning streak going into the Kraken. Um, I gave it 50-50. I thought maybe... Maybe the Hawks could squeak that one out, or they could lose. The Kraken have been on a, on quite a roll recently, and uh, it turned out, man, that first period when it ended six to one during that Kraken game, um, it, it just got kept on pouring on and pouring on and pouring on, and I was like, I don't know how these guys are going to get through this game when it's uh, you know, it's six to one. I mean, it was like seven minutes left in the first period, and it was six to one. Yeah, they they scored, I believe, six goals on uh, six shots. Right. And I don't think that's ever happened in the history of the NHL before. Oh, my God. That's how bad it was for the Hawks. Yeah. uh, The only positive for the Hawks that night was uh, Isaac Phillips got his first uh, national goal. That's that's a big deal. He's kind of... He's kind of on the radar to be a part of the future, so that was a, that was a good sign to see. In all honesty, I thought a good sign was is that, you know, the Hawks could have easily laid down and played dead, but they tried to crawl back and make this game interesting. Final score was eight to five, but um, I got to tip my hat to them, man, for having some character and some willpower to to come back and try to chip away at that lead. Yeah, did you see the the I, I believe every single. Kraken forward got a point in the first period. Wow. That's just showing you how they're playing really well right now. Uh, believe it or not, the streak ended tonight. I actually watched it at the end. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, stopped the streak, and uh, Brandon Hagel with the, the dagger, the open netter, uh, just sped by two guys and buried it. He just might have a heart, heartbreaker. He might have 35 goals at the end of the season. He's got 17, and he's playing with Braden Point and Kucherov. Yeah, he's on the so, top line. Yeah, he he's earned it. And uh, Brian Emblom is the color guy there. He he's actually in between the benches. Uh, he's great. He's he was been praising him ever. I always watch Tampa. I enjoy Tampa. He always praises his speed. What a pickup it was. They they think they won the trade. I wow. think both teams won. Quite honestly, we got what we needed, and they got what they needed, and it's it's been working out. Yeah, yeah. Kind of hard to believe. I thought he would have been a part of the future, but, you know, I mean, these things happen, yeah. man. You know, I honestly thought he would be like a third line piece there with all the talent. Yeah. And he just snuck his way up to the top just because he's so fast. Yeah. He, he's got a good shot. He's got good hockey sense. He knows where to be. He's responsible. And you got a guy who's, you know, a grinder on the line. He's going to get get you the puck. He'll get the puck to Kucher off. He'll you know, Cooch will do his thing and set somebody up, and or Braden Point will fire it, and maybe Haggles there for a rebound or a tip or anything. It's just it's a really good line. It's got a a mix of everything. You got a sniper, an elite playmaker, and you just got a gritty guy who will just you know do anything. You know, being you know drafting in the in the draft. Obviously, I think that if they could redraft that draft, he would go a lot higher. But, oh God, yeah, but. Someone like, you know, I want to compare to, 
to uh, to Reichel because Reichel's young. You know, he's a playmaker. He's someone that we're expecting to be a big part of the of the future here, and we're expecting him to put up points. Do you think that it's kind of beneficial for a guy to come in kind of under the radar like Hagel and just impress with his skill set than it is to say have some hype around you? Well, we had a couple guys like that during the cup runs. You know, I thought I thought Davey Bowen was underrated. You know, he kind of came out. He was a, you know, he got picked from London and um, they thought he was going to be like an elite playmaker, but you know, it didn't really turn out that way, but he ended up being a huge part of the team. You had, you know, uh, guys like, I guess you could say Troy Brower was one of those guys kind of came out of nowhere. And, but your, your question, I think having a guy like Hagel that just comes out of nowhere, I guess you can even say Brandon Saad kind of came out of nowhere too. That's huge when you're building. He was so, our, I think I, I Saad think was our second round pick. So, I mean, there was some kind of, you know, they were yeah. like, they were like, Hey, you know what? Yeah. This guy kind of fell in the draft. We're not sure why. And he ended up being a he's he's been a solid player everywhere he's gone. Yeah, but you know, a second rounder, you don't really, you know, over a first rounder, you know, you're gonna think think the the first rounder is gonna do more, right? Like, and I think the Hawks have had bad luck with their first rounders. We found gems in like the second and third. Sometimes, what was Hagel? I think he was a fifth round. I'm not sure. I don't I even think it ha- it's crazy, but. You know, we had guys that just stepped up for us back then, and they kind of just filled in roles. I mean, Adam Burrish was a guy who was an important piece in that 2010 run. He, you know, third line, fourth line guy. He, I don't know. I think he was drafted in the fifth round, and he, even Andrew Shaw, this this little guy, uh, third round pick, no one would even think he'd be in the NHL, and he was another two time Stanley Cup champ. So, you, you never know when you find a gem. So he came in the 2016 draft, drafted by Buffalo, believe it or not. Wow. Um, trying to, let me see here, 2016 en- entry draft. Um, doesn't say, man. Low. Yeah. I'll it look that up on a, Wikipedia or something when they got NHL draft. Deep draft. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, yeah, I want to look this up because I'm 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 pretty curious. That, oh yeah, it was that was a oh Pierre Luc Dubois was was drafted the same year as Austin Matthews. I didn't know that. Yeah, Columbus, right? Yeah, pretty Matthew, early on. Matthew too. Kachuk was in that. Uh, yeah, uh, dude, Alex Alex Alexander Nylander went number eight. Buffalo, right? Yeah, yeah. Can you Yikes. can you believe we got a Lafferty for him? That was a great trade. It was great trade. Great role player, Lafferty. I love him on this team. Yeah, that was Bork. It's a shame. By the time we're good, you know, poor guy's probably going to be out. But yeah, still, that's. I mean, honestly, if I'm a playoff team, this is a guy. I, uh, you got a guy hustling and killing penalties, scoring shorthanded goals. That's that's a guy I'd look for at the deadline, and he's got two years locked in. Yeah, at a cheap rate, might be a good steal. That was DeBrinkett's uh, draft. Same thing with Radish and Boris Kachuk. Uh, Adam Fox. Wow, Adam yeah. Fox was drafted by Calgary. And the, and the, yep. he was a third-round pick. He said, no, I'm not playing there. Wow. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see here. That's got to hurt, man. The Flames have had some pain. <laughs> yeah, they you have. It's got to hurt when you you got a Norris Trophy defenseman. You know, you, you find out in the future he wins a Norris with the Rangers. He didn't want to play with you guys. It's like, ouch. yeah, kind of like Johnny Hockey and Kachuk. It, it's been a, it's been painful for those guys. You know, at, at the same time, Brandon Hagel's sixth round pick, sixth rounder, yeah. playing on the first line in Tampa, going to be competing for Stanley Cups probably <laughs> for the next three years. Uh, and, you know, we we can actually talk about that. I think this is it for uh, for Tampa. I watched the game tonight, man. I They're think still scary. I think I think Tampa wins it this year. Oh, I I can see that. I I'm I don't know. I'm gonna wait till the matchups, the first round, and I'll see. But I'll tell you what, Vasilevsky is still the best goalie in the league. Sorry, Rangers fans. I think Eagles uh, got to win. I think Tampa uh, will pr- probably make it to the finals this year. 
I can see it. At least. And I think that's it for him. I think that, uh, you know, this this squad just played a lot of hockey. The last dance. And and it's going to start, the injuries are just going to start adding up. Some key guys, um, you know, are going to start going down. And, um, you know, it's, it's just what happens when you have, you know, a squad of guys that plays so much hockey. A shout out to Stamkos. He's 499 career goals. He almost got 500 today. Wow. Uh, Victor Hedman was looking for him, an open netter, and uh, Hedman took the smart play and buried it. But he said he was looking. Man. But it would have been cool to get it. I, I hope he kind of gets it at home because he's been a lifelong lightning guy. It would be cool to do it in Tampa. I can't believe that. Uh, I cannot believe that Hagel went in the sixth round. It's the last round. He got two first round picks. In a trade. That's just shows That's you how sweet. important he is. Yeah, it's 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 good for him. I hope he can get a couple of those guys. And you can see how much that uh Tampa, you know, they they feel that they got value from it as well. I they gave a lot. It seems like they got gave up a lot, you know, two right. first rounders and two current NHL players. Yeah. And he's I like Radish. I, I yeah, Radish Kachuk. I think would have a good role if we were a good team, yeah. but he's out there just kind of banging and kind of stupid at times, I think. But um, still, he he's in the NHL. He can play in the NHL. Right. So, and, and Hagel's on the top line, you know, going to be putting up career numbers probably and competing for cups for the next year. So, it, but they think they won and I think we won. So, hey, it's win-win, I guess. So Lucas Reichel, man, I want to hit back on this. I want to know what okay. your opinion is. He got sent down. Um, you know, a lot of people feel that, you know, he's NHL ready. I am one of them. I want to know what you think, and then I'll give my take. Yes, I think he is NHL ready. After this last call-up, he kind of put an exclamation point on that. He, four games, I believe he was up. Three out of the four, he was the best forward. Literally flying every shift. Even without the puck, he's making good plays. Um, his first career goal was a butte through his leg tip. I think it was like a tip through his legs or something. It was a really good shot, too. Um, his pass uh, to, I believe it was Kershaw. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. He was like sliding in. He so he in sold a shot. Like, yeah. Yes, he was selling a shot. Goalie completely froze up. I did. Nothing I did goalie too. Could do. <laughs> And Kershev scored the easiest goal he's ever going to score. Uh, he's just been the best. He's he's flying out there. And you know what? I see a little bit of this year Jack Hughes in him. Like the way he skates with the puck. He makes really good passes. He makes it look easy. He's passing. Yeah, he does. He's just, he's ready to be up here. And this is the time to keep him up here because there's no pressure. There's no expectations. Learn. You can learn from some NHL vets, even Max Domi said he's, you know, he's giving him advice. He's asking and he's glad to help out and stuff. He, he's not learning anything down there. Just, you know, skating circles around guys. He's got to be up here and learn the, learn the grind of the NHL season. I think now's the time to do that. Davidson, you know, maybe is thinking, Hey, I want him to develop down there. Cause there's meaningful games. Come on, man. This guy's a pro they're not really meaningful to him, you know? And, He's an all-star. Maybe they want him to represent the Ice Hogs, stuff like that. And then you get the other side. The fans are saying, well, we want to tank. We don't want the Hawks to keep winning. Come on. One guy is not going to, you know, make the team win, even though he was good. But it's not fair to his development if he's going to be down there when he's, when he's ready to go. So I agree with you. I want to put that out there. I agree with you. You know, they say that, they want to send Reichel down because they want him to start learning some, get some leadership traits because he is young, but th- they're thinking that he is going to be leading this team in a couple of years. And in a way, I think they're looking to see if he has leadership qualities because Jonathan Taves is not going to be the captain for the Chicago Blackhawks forever. And they want this kid to, they want to know, is, is this kid captain material? Is he alternate captain material? Um, you know, obviously for the next couple of years, if Jonathan Tibbs were to leave, I think the right thing would be to give the C to, uh, to Patrick Kane because, A, mm-hmm. I think that he is sticking around, and B, um, he more than has more than deserves it. 
um, to to be a captain of this team. But you know, I'm I'm digressing a little bit. So leadership is a big thing for Reichel, and that's what they want him to do. Um, obviously, it doesn't hurt his confidence being down there. Uh, I think he's up to speed with the NHL, uh, but I think that you're right. I think they do want him to represent the Ice Hogs in the in the All Star game, but I think it really comes down to leadership for him. Do you think that you know that hey, it's a good idea? No, because here is why. With your leadership comments. Mm-hmm. Go okay. Open up a stall and put him next to Jonathan Taves, the ultimate leader. Sure, you get more experience just by being with this guy all the time, just watching him. Even sitting next to him in the locker room, you can learn. Yeah, and that's why this is the time to do it, dude. And if you see Taves, man, he's ta- he talks to everybody. You know, after games when he's you know he's you know hitting guys on the butt or whatever. You know he's mm-hmm. after they win a game. You know I, I think that you know he's just I think he's such a great leader, and I agree with you. That's maybe that's what Lucas Reichel needs to be. Or I didn't even think about that. Opening up a stall next to Taves that'd be a great I, idea. You want him to be a good leader? Why send him to Rockford? Send him with the ultimate leader. Yeah. Then you'll get. That's what they did with uh, Taves when he was. I believe Taves wore an A. His rookie year, yeah, he and did. They put him next to Marty Lapointe, who yeah. a great veteran, uh, won some Stanley Cups with the Red Wings, and Taves said he learned so much from Marty Lapointe. He really, really respected him, and really grateful that he was able to spend some time with him. I think uh, you know Taves was obviously. I'm not saying he's not serious now, but he was a much more serious kid back then. <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I think that it's you know having one of these kids next to a you know a chiseled veteran, and we we could say that's what Taves is now. You know, uh, would really help. Even putting him next to Kaner, I think that that would be a a good idea. You know, what kind of you know what kind of guy is Lucas Reichel when he's not playing hockey? You know, because mm-hmm. Kaner looks like the type of guy who's kind of in the equipment room messing around with his sticks. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, is is he like um, you know Taves playing hacky sack or whatever with, with 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 the guys you know in the hallway? You know what kind of guy is he uh, on the outside of hockey? You know, and and maybe get him next to somebody who's similar to him. You know. Yep. Learning little things, just uh, being with the guys all the time will help. So Domi is going to get interest at the deadline. I wanted to bring this up now because, you know, you mentioned Domi and, you know, it's kind of at the top of my head. Um, Domi had made some comments saying that, or people were saying that, you know, he's had some success in Chicago that he might not want to go. Do you think that keeping Domi around is a good idea? I like Max Domi. I I think if he can get, Back to the way he played in Phoenix, he would be a perfect player, perfect fit for this team. A more, I'd like to see more grit from him, more nastiness. You know, I do like that he defends his players, but I think when you're when you're a vet now and you've been been around a while, you got to protect some of these young kids that are you know coming up. And you know, he's got his scoring touch. He has been playing with Kaner. I'd like to see him shoot more. You know, I'd like to see him get 25 goals this year, but I think if someone's calling and they're going to, you know, give you a haggle-like deal, you got to take it and maybe say, hey, Max, we really loved you here. Go chase a cup. Good luck. And call us in the summer. We might have a deal for you again. I could see that happening. Yeah, that sounds like a good... uh... Yeah, seeing seeing what he wants to do, you know, he's like, I don't want to go. I want to stick around. <laughs> yeah, like we we sure. like you here, but Max, you're you're gonna get us a first round pick. Yeah, uh, we, we need it, dude. Sure, come back. We'll give you a, a two year deal, uh, four million a year, and we'd love to have you. I players do it a lot. It yeah. used to happen a lot. You know, I I remember, uh, I believe it was Dougie Wade. I uh, used to. I think he was playing with the Blues, and he would. I feel like he'd. Go, he went to Edmonton on that run, and then the next year he went to another Stanley Cup contending team, and then he went back to St. Louis again. It's like, geez, man, you're helping St. Louis out a lot, and you're getting to chase a, you know, a cup again. I, there's a couple guys that do that, but I, I think it, I could be possible. It could happen. I know he likes playing for Coach Richardson, and he's having success here. And just imagine if the Hawks land the first overall pick. 
a lot of guys are going to get excited and want to play here too. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if you've been watching football this this past weekend, man, but it's been. Uh, it was actually all of the games were were really good and exciting. Close, I thought that. Um, you know, I thought that the the Dolphins game was going to get out of hand, but they came back and they, you know they almost pulled out and won that game. But you know. The NFL action continues, and we're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, new and existing company uh, customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Now, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code SHITETOMAHAWK. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SHITETOMAHAWK. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. You know, you can't have any fun until you hit 21, man. You know. So, also from my friends at Manscaped, uh, Happy New Year from our friends. The ball has officially dropped, but that doesn't mean you have to drop the ball on your balls in 2023. Whether you had a New Year's kiss or not, the leaders in Below the Waist Grooming have you covered for your much-needed resolution of bringing sexy back. Join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code TOMAHAWK20 for 20% off and free shipping. Let us have a toast to the new year and a new you. Now, one thing I do want to talk about is the Buff Bundle that comes with a shampoo, a conditioner, and body wash. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, shampoo, conditioner, and body wash, and the, uh, what's it called? The buffer. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. I've been using the shampoo, and uh, I think it works good, man. I, I like the way that it feels. Like, it feels like soap in your hair. Some stuff that you use, you put it in, it kind of just runs out. Like, it feels like there's, like, soap in my hair. And I feel like like my head feels clean afterwards. And I've been using the the body wash, and I really like the scent. Oh, and I'll tell you what, my wife really likes the scent, too. I'll tell you that. Um, and the, 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 the buffer... I don't. I'm not a, a fan of the traditional uh, loofah. I think that it's we need like an like a, a jump in technology with loofah technology. And I think this buffers it with like the little silicone that it uses. I think it works great, man. How's it been for you? It feels fantastic. I love that. Uh, I agree with you. The the shampoo is good, and the body wash. You are correct. It does. It does work with the ladies. It does work with the wife. <laughs> no, I, I really like it. I actually went through a bottle already. That's how much I like really? it. So I'm going get getting my uh, second round in and uh I gotta be I gotta conserve a little bit more because I got rid of it fast. I, it smells so good and it feels good. Yeah, it does. It's so funny because my kid, um, he used it one day and he came out smelling like a man. <laughs> <laughs> He like, came hey, back with two girlfriends. He's like, "What's going?" I'm like, "What's going on out here?" He goes, "Oh, this stuff smells pretty good." And <laughs> you know what? Funny you say that because my two boys use it too, and that's probably why the bottle's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So, if you're out there, um, use our code uh, Tomahawk20 for twenty percent off free shipping. Check out the Buff Bundle. Um, it's it's great, and I've been waiting for um for Manscaped to actually come out with these products because uh, I, I wanted them to do a little bit more than they have, and I think that it's uh. It's, you know, it's a product that I can use and something that I can get behind. I love it. But uh, on to the podcast. Jonathan Taves had an interview with Charlie Romeliotis. Now, I, at least in Chicago sports, I don't think that there's anybody that gives an interview and then like the press, you know, Twitter's going crazy on, on what the guy says, you know, whether it be about maybe some of his political views or how he feels about COVID or, and, and, you know, he's talking about his future in Chicago. Um, Matt, do you think that, you know, just flat out, do you think that Jonathan Taves is going to be here in the summer? I do not think he's going to be here in the summer. I think he's not going to be here at the deadline either. Okay. Where do you think he's going to go? I, I believe Colorado. Okay. That's a good bet. 
Yeah, and they're they're in need of a second line center. Um, I mean, who wouldn't want a three time Stanley Cup champion, Selkie Trophy winner, guy who can win? You know, every face off he takes. It seems like yeah. Uh, plus he unless they, I'm sure they're going to retain salary to get rid of him if he wants to go. It's all on him. But after that interview, I took it as him kind of building, you know, saying the right things. He's not going to say, I want out now and get <laughs> totally attacked by the media, the fans, and, you know, the, the media will turn it into Taves wants out, and they will totally forget about the hockey ops of everything until he's gone. Right. It'll be a circus. Um, I think he's kind of building it up, like, in a nice way to say, hey, I would love to be a Blackhawk, but I see the writing on the wall, and sometimes change is good. Now, if he just said, hey, I want to be a Blackhawk, I would believe it. Like, okay, yeah. this guy, he doesn't care. He wants to be here, and he wants to finish a Blackhawk. But he, he kind of said that comment after, which kind of made me think, like, well, maybe he, he's, he's done. He's had enough of the losing, and he wants to chase another cup, and he, maybe he doesn't feel wanted here. So that's what I took out of it. Okay. So his comments were, um, Jonathan Taves would love to finish his career in Chicago and be a lifelong Blackhawk. But at the same time, there's part of me that sees the writing on the wall. Now, I'm going to speak with my heart and I'm going to speak with, you know, with what I actually think is going to happen. I, I think that he's going to stay because I want him to stay. <laughs> okay. That's, <laughs> I do too, man. That's me, that's me coming from the heart, you know. But yeah. logically, or at least how I see it, is that he wants to be a lifelong Blackhawk, but he knows that he's not what he used to be. And that he knows that he's not exactly a first-line center anymore. So when he, sees, when he says he sees the writing on the wall, that he knows that he's not long for this league like, say, Patrick Kane is, okay? Uh, maybe, I don't know how he's feeling with his health, you know? Is he like, you know what? I don't have much left in the tank. You know, I could see the writings on the wall that I I don't have a lot of time left here. Um, but, you know, that being said, um, I think that he does stay because, you know, he is the captain. I think that he buys in. Um, I don't think that he wants to leave. I think that he's made this place. You know, it, it's been like, you know, a, a very big part of him. Uh, like I mentioned with Kane, he's watching numbers go into the rafters. I think that that means that means something to him and that, yeah, I think that he could be a help for, uh, uh, you know, in, in Colorado, but like you mentioned earlier, I think that he could also be a big help here with a lot of young guys coming in, you know, Davidson could say, Hey, we need a leader here. And you, you can't buy that man. You can't no. buy what he has accomplished and what he has gone through as a captain of this original six team. And with that, even if you keep him for like a year or two more, you know, that's a lot of time for some of these young guys like Korchinski to come up and, and get some of that leadership. Obviously, as we mentioned, Lucas Reichel. And what if Connor Bedard? What if they do get Connor Bedard? I will say that I think that Kane and Taves talk. I, I would think that like they sat down and said, hey, man, what are you thinking? What are you going to do? You know? What have oh, they? Oh yeah, they for sure have. Have they? Yeah. Sp they had the same uh, agent. I know that they've spoke with Davidson. Like Davidson, what do you want to do? You know, what are they offering for me? You know, and um, you know that that's also uh, you know a big part of it too. You know, T Taves is a very honest guy, and and he sees things, and he doesn't bullshit, man. He says it the way that it is, and or and how he sees it. So. Um, you know, his. I, I think that Kane has gotten better with the media and, and says the right things. But I think that Taves kind of goes off the cuff a bit uh, saying exactly what he's thinking at that time. Um, I think that it means something to him to, to retire as a Blackhawk and hand that C off to somebody. So I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to say that he stays. OK. Well, you know, we never know. To be honest yeah, with you, it's up to him. Even it's if they, on him. Even if they if if they did offer him, I would say, man, for what you've done here, I want you to write off this being the only sweater that that you've worn, like Steve Eiserman, like Joe yeah. Sackick. You know, I I think that he belongs in the conversation of some of the some of the great leaders that have uh, that have been in the NHL. Yeah, but 
you don't know what the loyalty of Davidson. Sure. You know, you don't know what his plans are. He could say, hey, listen, I don't have you penciled in here. Yeah. And what what can he do? You know, he's got to move on. But I I would like him to stay, too. But I just, I think he's had enough. And maybe he feels like he's not heard here, which, you know, he's said that in the summer. He wishes that they would have, you know, talked to him more about stuff. Sure. I can't really blame Davidson on that, though. He kind of, it's you know, he kind of inherited Bowman's team. He did, man. He, 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 and it was bad. He didn't hire Colleton. That was Bowman. So, you know, I'm sure Taser was, you know, upset. You know, like you said, he talks politics. He talks COVID. He talks all kinds of junk. And he's honest, and that's a good thing. But from the last interview, I don't know. It just seems like it was kind of like a last straw type thing when. They got rid of, you know, like, say, DeBrinkhead and Kirby Doc. He's like, these are young guys. We should be building around, stuff yeah. like that. So that could have been it for him. And he says, I'm going to do my best and still going to be a captain here. But I think at the deadline, I I might want to be out you know, the way it's going. So That's a really good, that's a really good, um, that's a really good take right there. Because, you know, during the summer, he was probably angry, you know, he was like he knew these guys, but you know what? He also saw Korchinski in the uh, in That's camp, true. yeah, in camp, and he's probably like, "Whoa, you know what? We yeah. did we did trade Kirby Doc, but Kirby Doc wasn't skating like this kid, <laughs> you no. know." Um, you got Nolan Allen too, is yeah, been good, and you know, you got a couple four good guys from just from Team Canada. I think that he's seeing like, hey, they've got some young guys coming up. You know, and yeah, yeah Debrinkit is gone. But you know what? Something like you had mentioned earlier, Debrinkit might not be happy in Ottawa. I don't think he is. Debrinkit might not want to stay in Ottawa. He might want to come back to. I mean, he was uh, essentially a household name here. He had a forty goal score multiple times. He got married here. Um, you know, his wife. You know, they, they obviously she had her kid. I think in Ottawa, but. You know, I mean, he wouldn't mind coming back here. I mean, he even took out an article in the paper of Chicago became a home for him. You know, there is, I mean, it's not, um, you know, outlandish to say that he could just not resign in Ottawa and say, hey, Davidson, do you, do you want to sign me? Why not? You know, I, I don't could, see why not. That would make Kaner happy. That would make, it, that would make Taves happy. And you would also get your 40 goal uh, goal scorer back. And if you tell him, like, hey, we're getting ready to draft a Bedard, and Korchinski is getting ready to play, he's going to be like, hey, you know what? Let's do this, you know? Yeah, it's like Davidson was playing a game all along. He's playing you chess. Know? Like he, yeah, and he got some good pieces for free. <laughs> and then, you know, he got his, his kings back, you know? Yeah. yeah, and he got rid of Kirby Doc at the same time. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. The, the one thing I cannot stand is when he scores a goal, Yeah, all there's like a 50% hawk base that why did we get rid of this guy and they always post about it it's like okay come on dude he scored what does he have four or five goals come oh, on yeah he's like he's five points away from his career high i'm like what 10 15 like, points come on give me a break he you know what it didn't work out here and you know what he's got skill there's no doubt about it but i mean he's you don't he's not a difference maker on a team he's just a piece that's all he is he's just a piece I agree. Uh, and, you know, with these young players, you know, I think that they're getting used to having, you know, say technology um, at the bench, technology at their fingertips, you know. John Tortorella was, uh, you know, in the news saying he doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks about him. He took the, <laughs> he took the iPads off the bench uh, so that players could not, could not use them during the game. Now, I'll, I'm going to give my take first on this one, Matt, then I'll, I'll, I'll shoot it okay. over to you. Um, I think that he made the right call. I think that, um, you know, John Tortorella knows hockey and he knows what he's doing. Uh, more than likely, his reaction to it is probably trying to get some of the Philadelphia media off of the team and onto him. And I think that that's the sign of a true leader. You know, Luke Richardson, I think, provides really great leadership with the Blackhawks. And I think that Tortorella does a really good job of getting the media off of his players and onto him. And uh, I think that's a really good sign of, of leadership. Uh, taking the iPads off of the off of the bench so that these guys can concentrate on their next shift, I think is a good thing because they're not competing, you know, right now. They're not looking to make, um, you know, make a cup run. 
these guys need to um, essentially learn how to play hockey again with each other, you know? And I think taking some of the, um, I think they're just making it more complicated by having uh, so much technology on the bench. So taking the iPads off, I think is a good idea. If you have teams, say like Tampa, when they're looking at iPads, you know, they're looking at plays, they're looking at things that they did, looking at things that they did wrong. You see them pointing at stuff and then they're making corrections and fixing them because you have a group of guys that have played together for a long time and they've had a lot of success together. And I think that's that's just a different, you know, it's just a different example of how the iPads work and how it's supposed to be done. And the Philadelphia is an example of, you know, kind of making things a little bit too complicated. What do you think, Matt? Well, I think maybe he was, you know, standing on the bench and he was seeing guys, you know, looking at the iPads and like, okay, this team does this all the time. So I'm going to stand here. I'm going to position here. I'm going to fire it this way. And sometimes there's so much change in the game, like the the live game. It doesn't happen. And he was like, play your game. Don't, sure. don't be looking at charts and don't be looking at that stuff. You got to do your job. And I'm sure... That's what it was. I'm a torts guy. I've always been a torts guy. I was hoping the Hawks would have got torts. But I think he's the perfect coach for Philly to give him a a big kick in the ass that they need because I think quietly he's building a good team. And I think the GM over there is making some good moves as well. It's just going to take a while. Sure. But I like torts. I've always have. So do you think it's the right call for them to be um, taking the iPads off of the bench? Quite honestly, man, I don't think the iPad should even, you know, be on the bench. You know, I think an iPad thing is something to look in intermission. Sure. You know, like even if you you give it to a goalie, like, hey, bud, look, this is where he shot on you. This was your angle. It was way off. You weren't playing it. You know, you weren't playing it right. And you can learn from it. But during a game, it's like I said, there's so much like speed and so uh, you're you got to be ready to go. You can't be dicking off looking at an iPad for something that's it already happened. You can learn, you know, after the game even. Like they have video classes. They used they used to do this all the time. Like you, hey, defenseman, we got a we got our two hour video. We're gonna go over the game. We're gonna go over what you did right and what you did wrong. I just don't see the need for it during the game. I'm more of the dry erase board guy. Like, hey, sure. let's drop a face off play. You know, let's try to tie this game when we got our goalie pulled or like a power play face off. Right. I, that's what I, and, and if the iPad did that, if I'm sure there's a feature for it and these guys have it, you know, draw it up real quick. But as far as like looking at replays and stuff, I think I'd wait for intermission stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I, I know that the Blackhawks, they have guys upstairs that are, that, that they are doing things. And I think that they're sending them down to those, um, to those devices because, uh, say for instance, you know, Richardson's looking at an iPad. They're sending something down. They're like, "Hey, you need to, you need to question this call right here because look at this." And they, oh, you know, for sure, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, but I, I like that the eyes in the sky type of coach, right? Like, say, "Hey, you guys are getting beat bad on this this corner. You're 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 you got to tighten up." Stuff like that. Yeah, I get that. But you know, I, I even like it, the the old assistant coaches used to have the earpiece. Remember, like right. they would just kind of talk. Right. I, I don't even. I didn't even know that was like a legal thing, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I guess that they, they they do it. But you know, I I think it, like if I I I'd never played in a, a time where there was technology like that. I'm sure it would be useful as a coach, but you know, you don't want like. 20 iPads on the bench, like, okay, I got to look. Oh, cool, I got a text message. Like, I, I'm not saying text go through, but <laughs> right. it's, it's a distraction, and I think Torts is trying to get him away from it. He just wants them to play their games. Sure. And uh, like you said, you nailed it. A uh, good coach is somebody who takes the pressure off, you know, their players. And, you know, it. it's funny because everywhere he goes, the media ends up hating him after, like, two years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, but I love his honesty, and you can't argue with the guy. I think he's got over 600 wins in this league. He's got a Stanley Cup. Uh, he's got a couple Jack Adams, I think. So he, the guy knows what he's doing, and he, it's actually a dying breed. You don't really see too many coaches like him anymore. I think he's like the modern day, maybe Mike Keenan, you know. But I, I still think Bobby deep Knight, down, think. <laughs> he he's a great guy, and he cares for you. He really does. Sure. So and that, that and, and Marty St. Louis, a Hall of Famer, head coach of the Canadians, love torts and 
that says a lot because he's a really good classy player and he's a coach now too so maybe he's using some of the methods from torts but you know he's not not as outspoken and kind of i guess you could say a little mean but sure it's working he's a good coach he's in he's doing a great job down there i think they're building too and he He's got Cole Caulfield playing uh, at a high level. He's got Suzuki playing good. He's even got Kirby Doc putting numbers up. So yeah. he's doing something right. <laughs> so moving on, man, I want to talk about um, some player worth and some top free agent targets. What do you think Bo Horvat is worth? Now, I don't know if anybody has heard, but uh, the Canucks have pretty much mentioned that this core is done and that they're going to be blowing it up so that they can uh, retool and rebuild, um, which is, you know, if it's not working, why not tear it down and try and build it into something that does, right? So, yep. Bo Horvat, where are you at with him, man? What's his numbers looking like? Well, Bo Horvat's numbers are fantastic. I believe he's at 30 goals and 48 points in 42 games. Wow. He is the top prize probably at the deadline. And he actually turned down a seven-year extension in November, according to the GM. Doesn't want to play So there. it seems like it's not going to work out there. But the, the teams interested are obviously the Avs, because he's a center. Uh, the Golden Knights, which I don't know how the hell they would fit that. Uh, Carolina, which I think would be a fantastic pickup for them. They they need a, a game-breaker to get them over in the playoffs. Good center. You got Seattle, and then the Rangers. <laughs> I don't know how the Rangers are always mixed up in that, like every... It's uh, New York, dude. <laughs> the New York media. Yeah, man. So um, can you imagine if if Colorado gets a bow, that, I mean, would that, that would pretty much end the Taves talks. Well, that, he's 27 years old, and he's got a 5.5 cap hit, which Taves is obviously, I think, uh, has got to be close to 35, I think, or 34, and he's at 10.5. Yeah. So Bo's at 5.5. It would be a lot easier to get him at the deadline. I'm sure you got to give him a first-round pick, maybe a prospect even, because Bo's good, he's young, and Colorado might be able to work something out, you know, get him locked up long-term and have to move something else, but having him as your second-line center would be pretty damn impressive. He's going to want eight, at least, 8.5. I, yeah, I, I could see that. He's He's... Been very good for the Canucks. He's been their captain, and I'm quite honestly, I'm, I'm kind of surprised with that press conference today with uh, Vancouver. They got some good young players there. They got uh, obviously Quinn Hughes. I wonder what they're going to do with him. Yeah, that's a guy I would love to have on my team. I think that they're probably thinking about building around him. I would imagine. Uh, I mean, some, they're going to be calling now. Their phones are going to be really busy. Yeah. So obviously, the Sharks are putting Eric Carlson out there. What do you think? Well, how about this? How about we start? Where do the Sharks think that Eric, Eric Carlson is worth? Well, according to the report we've seen, um, they they think he's worth three first-round picks, um, and they, they want 18% of his 13.5 retained. So that's asking a lot, a very lot, and I don't think it will even get close to that. Um. 18% of 13.5. I'm not really good at math. Me neither, but, but it's I still going to be a enough. lot. It's not, it's, it's not enough. I mean, you, you should take on 50% of that thing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. To make yeah. it fair. Where do you think that if, if a move were to be made, where do you think um, he could fit in at? Well, this is hard because, like, 13, That's I, even with the percentage, I mean, it's still... I, there's not a lot of teams that could take that on, you know, unless they move an important piece. I I don't think it's going to happen. I know a lot of people would like to see him go back to Ottawa and everything, but it kind of ended bad there, I thought. You know, it was kind of... There's some personal stuff going on there, some, too. There's like, some drama and some, yeah, some off-ice issues with, I think, some wives. It got pretty ugly. Yeah. So it's probably a city he doesn't want to go back to and relive all that. But, I mean, I don't know, man. It'd have to be a team with a little bit of cap space and, a, you know, willing to move some young pieces and, man, take on a, another three or four years, I think. That's, that's a lot to ask. So I, I, I think he's going to stay in San Jose. I don't think it's going to be able to – I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I mean, teams are looking to add a guy to what they have, not give up what they have. 
especially a young young defenseman, you don't want to give up a guy who could play two ways and just get a guy who's one dimensional. Right. And that's just me, but I know that's the league now. There, you want the run and gunner. And Eric Carlson was, you know, he's very good at it. He yeah, he could he put is. numbers up, but you know, he's still gonna he's still gonna be that minus guy. And he's not gonna be good in his own end. So, and you got to pick your poison. Unless you got a really good partner for him uh, that plays great in his own zone, it could work. But I just don't know. Yeah. Maybe Lou from uh, Lou Lamorello from the Islanders can make a make a pitch for him because he he's kind of known to do some crazy stuff like that. But uh, I that that would be my guess. Maybe the Islanders, but yeah. I I could be way off. That's just I'm throwing it out of you know just left yeah. field here. Yeah, and, you know I don't I don't think the the Coyotes would you know want to make a run i don't even think carlson would accept a trade there i mean why, why the heck would you want to go there so the the bottom teams have cap space but he you know i don't there's no point to move them from one bottom team to another bottom team yeah what are your uh what are your list of the top free agents available so we just went over bo horvat he's at one right uh patty kane is at two uh, with the Rangers obviously linked, Dallas, Colorado, Toronto, Edmonton, the Islanders, and Boston. <laughs> so this is interesting because you always think of a player he's going to play with. You know, obviously the bread man with the Rangers. You got Jason Robertson from Dallas, uh, Nathan McKinnon from Colorado, Austin Matthews, Toronto, McDavid and Dreisaitl in Edmonton, and then Matthew Barzell in uh, the Island. And then Boston, you got, you know, Brad Marchant and Pasta. So uh, I quite honestly think Buffalo could be in the mix because they're they're kind of, you know, they're not like great this year, but they're making some noise. Tage Thompson's a top goal scorer. And maybe Kane said, I want to go play home, you know, in my hometown for maybe a season or two if it doesn't work out with the Hawks. But I could see Buffalo being in the mix too. Okay, interesting, man. Yeah. Um, go, number three, go ahead. Uh, Jacob Chikrin, uh, mm. who's been in the rumor mill for probably the last three years. Uh, just <laughs> this is for me. This is a huge red flag because every defenseman that you know the the Coyotes got rid of, he was a stud with the Coyotes, and say like Oliver Ekman Larson, he was good there. He goes to Vancouver. He's a healthy scratch now. Uh, you got Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah, remember him? Wow, yeah, yeah, he was. You got Keith Yandel, who was good. He's ever since they traded him, he's bounced around on like five different teams. So this is a red flag for me. I don't think I would go crazy with this kid. He is good, but just with their history of trading defensemen. I don't know if you're. It's worth a first round pick to me, but he's obviously a hot commodity right now. So he is a number three. Um, Johnny Taves is number four. We kind of went over that earlier in the pod. Uh, Colorado obviously is in the mix, and Boston as well is in the mix. So that's interesting too. I know it would be kind of cool to see him and Bergeron playing the same team, two no, selkie like guys. It, it would be pretty cool. They're fellow countrymen and stuff like that. Like um, that. Timo Meyer, which is surprising to me. He is the San Jose Sharks probably leading goal scorer right now. Yeah. Uh he's a restricted free agent in the summer, but they're saying that he's probably going to get a 10 million dollar qualifying offer. So, they're not they don't really have any links to any teams yet, but if they can't get something, you know, going in contract talks, he could be you know, a, a top guy to get. He's very good right winger for the the Sharks. Right. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, which is surprising yeah. because not you know a couple of years ago he was the main reason why they won the cup. He was a great two way player. Uh, but Doug Armstrong captain. is yeah no well he wasn't the captain I think it was no no Petrangelo I mean, he's still now. yeah yeah he's a captain now he um he's on the last year of his contract and I know Doug Armstrong. If they can't get something going, I know he's famous for getting rid of guys at the deadline. So he, he could be, you know, going to a playoff team. His salary cap hit is 7.5. It's not that bad. I mean, he could, you know, he he's an important part of like a two-way game if you're looking for a guy like that. If like say you don't get that Bo Horvat, yeah. maybe you can go after Ryan O'Reilly. 
Um, There's always something with this that guy, and when it comes to contract time, yeah, he, he tries to something. get. Yeah, he tries to get as much as he can get, and you know, I, I applaud him for that. Get get do the best for yourself because you don't get to play hockey forever. But yeah, you know, at some point, you know, you got to look at your age and your production. It's if it's not as good as it was, you got to kind of take what you can get and try to make the best of it. Uh, then we're, we're at uh, Vladdy Tarasenko, his uh, his teammate. Uh, he's on. He's also a UFA, and I quite honestly thought the Kraken would have claimed him yeah. in that uh, fantasy draft, but they they didn't do it. And the teams that are linked to him are the the Islanders and the Rangers, believe it or not. But mm. I know Lou has been very interested in this guy for the last three years. They were trying to get him, uh, I guess a trade fell through at the last second, but I could see him trying to get him to maybe, you know, if they don't, if Patrick Kane ends up staying with us, maybe this is a guy you want playing with uh, Barzell because he's a shooter. He could play. His uh, cap hit is also 7.5 and he's 31. So you're, you're going to think maybe he'll get like a four-year deal to probably finish up his career. But uh, moving on to the next one, uh, our what own Max is- Domi. Number nine. This is number. I actually skipped two guys that I've never even heard of. Okay. So we're 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 still in the top ten. Uh, Max Domi is number nine. Uh, teams reported to be linked to Max Domi are the Rangers, the Leafs, Dallas, and New Jersey. I kind of think that he, the Hurricanes might actually be interested in him too. He's a gritty guy. Good. You know, a good top six. He can even play bottom six minutes for you. And we know his cap hit is at $3 million, which is very cheap for a 27-year-old. So we'll see where he goes. And we'll say number 10 is uh, Shane Gostas- Gostasbear. Gostasbear? Ghost Bear, they call him. <laughs> so remember a couple years ago, man, Philly waived him. And he cleared waivers, and no one picked him up. And now he's worked his way back up to, you know, being a top 10, you know, trade, you know, a trade asset. This is interesting to me. He's at a 4.5 cap hit. He's 29. That's that Arizona Coyotes thing. You want to be careful because obviously he's getting more ice time and more chances down there. But this is another one I'd be really careful with if I'm, you know, making a move for him at the deadline. Sure. Well, great, man. Dude, I think this is a good podcast. Yeah, fun. Thanks for putting those uh, free agents together. No problem, man. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, let us know if there's any free agents that we miss that you think should be in there that you know have some worth. You know that that uh, you know a team might be throwing out there, and um, we'll leave it at that. That's the Tomahawk. We're out of here.